And we're back live again. And it's just me and Jeff again, which should be your tip-off. It's not basketball. No, sir. It is hockey. We are back with another yeah, hockey podcast. Uh, as always, you know, if you aren't familiar by our time frame of how we do these podcasts nowadays, usually Thursday or Friday is the when we do it. I know Jeff had work and everything, so I figured, you know, with his crazy schedule, that is probably better to do it now than after he gets done work and he is tired. And then I believe we're also yeah. going to Danny's for anniversary. Yeah. So I figured this is yes. probably the best time for us to get together. So we're together and do another hockey podcast, which uh, there's actually a good bit to talk about. Um, all there the is. dates have been finalized, even the exhibition games, uh, dates and times of when most of those games are announced, have been announced. Um, the other ones have yet to, there's been, there's some dates, uh, times that I think haven't been uh, uh, finalized yet, but for the most part, to start off, uh, the bubble games and everything, those have all been finalized. So we will get into that. Uh, obviously, yep. Monday opened up flyers and NHL training camp in general. So we'll obviously talk about yes. that. Jeff had an article come out uh, yesterday or the day before on Noah Patrick and his migraine disorders. We'll also touch on that. Um, and really anything else we come across as we do this podcast. Um, there's been more trophy finalists have been announced, so maybe we'll have breaking news of another finalist, as it seems like there's been at least one or two trophy finalists that have been announced today. Yes. Today, so. And also, um, so. You want to go over that one that was just announced before, shortly before we got on? Yes. So it has been announced uh, for the Bill Masterton uh, Trophy Award that the finalists are Steven Johns of the Dallas Stars, Bobby Ryan of the Ottawa Senators, and of course, not surprisingly, Oscar Lindblom of our Philadelphia Flyers. So for the all, Masterton, all of which, if you don't know their backstories, are very much deserving of this yes. award. So basically, for those who don't know the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy, the award is given to the NHL player who best exemplifies qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. Um, for Bobby Ryan, it was a very tough journey as he went uh, to the, um, I believe it was the protection, uh, I can't remember exactly what the exact phrase is, I apologize, it was um, basically, it was like, in a, it was like a, a rehab, kind of it was rehab substance abuse, kind of yes, and kind of, kind of situation and, and mm-hmm. uh, players associations similar, re- similar to what? Uh, Robin Leonard did a couple. Yes. But, um, <clears throat> and this huge story came out for Bobby Ryan and, and, uh, and he came back and the crazy thing was his first game back, he scored a hat trick. Yes. And, um, that, that, the echoes of Bobby chanting throughout the Senators arena was electrifying. And you, you could see how much it really meant to Bobby Ryan just to be back and have that support from fans, from teammates, and really the, uh, everyone across mm-hmm. the NHL. So that was, Case number one. Case number two was Stephen Johns. Uh, he missed the entire 2018-19 season, with, which was uh, initially diagnosed as post-traumatic headaches first, experienced symptoms of a head injury during training camp. Um, he missed all of, you know last season, and he really missed 22 months from the NHL uh, when he, uh, according to this article from DallasNews.com, he battled depression and suicidal thoughts and. Um, all sorts of 
uh, terrible things uh, for Johns, but uh, he, he, I think he, he came back for a little bit. He played in 17 games during the regular season before the season was paused due to the coronavirus pandemic, scoring two and assisting on uh, uh, three other goals before the break. And of course, last but not least, Oscar Lindblom. By now, you all know his story. Um, he was diagnosed uh, earlier in the season um, with a rare form of cancer, mm-hmm. and uh, he was able to fight it, and uh, he he beat it. And uh, beat just it, yep. just the other week, yeah, a week he, uh, the, the Flyers announced that he beat it, and you know he's been skating a little bit, which is unreal to see. And uh, he had an article if you want, if any of your listeners or anyone yep. interested wants to see it on uh, Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated yes. actually did a hockey story. Um, yes, which on, is awesome. uh, Oscar Lindblom, which was pretty much Oscar Lindblom's first, I think, in English kind of uh, interview, interview yeah. kind of thing of mm-hmm. uh, kind of what had happened. Yeah, kind of going deep into what he was, <clears throat> and even more so, his cancer itself was even more rarer than we even was. Yeah, uh, uh, said it was some like clot thing or whatever. Um, yeah, and we can go in, into that either now or at least in a little bit. We're already um, kind of on that topic. Yeah. Often, so so um, basically, uh, it was uh, Lindblom said it was quick when it happened. When I think about it, I know my thought process, but I can't see in front of me. He can, however, see the bump. So at first, um, during a uh, during one of the last games that Lindblom played, he took a cross check the ribs. And, um, you know, there was a little swelling, a little bruising. And, you know, he thought it was nothing. But um, when someone someone named Lindquist, uh, I guess, I don't know if that's his girlfriend or, or let's see, a second, one, whoever second. it is. Someone named Lindquist, sorry, I don't know who that is. Um, I think it is his girlfriend. Uh, she was more alarmed and said, you know, you need to look it up. And um, Lindblom said he didn't think this could be cancer. Luckily his girlfriend did, and he has heard the thing for that. But um, when, so after scoring his 10th goal of the year in uh, a win over Detroit on November November 29th, Lindblom was evaluated by the Flyers medical staff, staff, excuse me, and uh, he's scheduled for a CT scan that following Monday. That return inconclusive, so he received a biopsy and MRI later in the week. Um, he was medically cleared to keep playing while he waited for a conclusion. He did That's appear in four more games. Was a famous Kachuk jumping Lawton game. <laughs> yes, he appeared in four more games, um, but uh, when he was on the ice again, he said he didn't think much about it. He, you know, he says when you're at home, you don't have anything to do. It's hard to let go. The results then come back by the afternoon of December 10th when the Flyers and Lindblom flew to Colorado for the three-game road trip. However, upon once he checked into his uh, hotel room, he received a call to come to the lobby, and he was met by Jimmy, Jimmy McCrossin and even Robert Haig, uh, who's honestly his closest, his closest friend on the team. His face pale. I understood right away that it wasn't something good. Um, so... Right away, they went to AV's room to find him, and uh, they all talked about it. And the news passed that uh, basically, according to the biopsy, the lump protruding from his ribs was cancerous. Um, 
So the AV uh, offered Lindblom that he could stay on the road trip for a few more days if he wanted to be close to his teammates, but Lindblom elected to fly home the next morning. Um, he even <laughs> ordered room service and, and stayed up late with Haig. And uh, a big, you know, according to Haig, he, he said a big smile disappeared for a while. I could see it in his eyes. Everything was empty. He was going to Colorado to play a hockey game and life was normal. Then everything changed in a couple of seconds. So. That's exactly where it went. That's yeah. pretty much, you can tell even outside of that, just outside perspective, what the fans, what we were seeing is just that there was something else during that road trip and everything that was yeah. keeping the Flyers from kind of playing at their best. At their absolute best, yeah, because because they look completely and flat and if everything. If there's and... anything that has come from the season, whenever you hear from players, Fletcher or AV is that it's one of the closest kind of locker rooms you can really get. I think Braun even had a state uh, a quote the other day saying this is the tightest locker room he's even been in. So you can tell how close everyone really is. So when something yeah. like this happens, it obviously it's going to hurt. For, yeah, it took yeah. a lot for people to get. Um, so this I is also how think rare... that's why Haig kind of stepped up his game too because he wasn't just playing for him at the, that point. He's playing he was playing for, for Oscar. Yeah, yeah, because those two are bestest of friends and everything. And uh, but here's how rare um, this is. So the Ewing's uh, sarcoma is most prevalent among children, yet only affects one in one million people in the U.S. per year overall. That's the most uh, that it most often originates in lung bones and the legs or in the pelvis, not in the chest cavity, as it did with him. The survival rate for cases such as Oscar. Um, whose cancer hasn't met, uh, metastasized uh, and whose treatment involves some combination of surgery, chemo, and radiation, hovers around 80%. Um, luckily, they found out early, so that was good. They took care of it. Um, and, he's yeah, it's uh, he's he now cancer-free, which is awesome. He knows he's not going to play this season, but I think in that article, he did say he would really like to start the beginning of next season. I don't think that's going to happen because that's – going to be Jan like late Dece December or January. I think it's next going to be December gonna start. first. Yeah. So that's yeah. going to be a really hard battle for him to actually be able to. He has been on the, he has been in the, on the ice twice, Which is, to my knowledge. He, the fact that he even has been on the ice is remarkable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of good. Some good news, some kind of clarity if people yeah. wanted to kind of figure out what was um, going on Glenn Blom's kind of mindset. Uh, we did a little thing here with that article but if you want to look in that it is on uh sports illustrated you can easily just search oscar limbo i'm sure it's gonna be the first thing that comes up yep um some other awards that were announced at least yes, one this other also require this also involves the flyers as well yes it does uh it is the uh jack adams award for coach of the year john tortorella of the columbus blue jackets um, Bruce Cassidy of the Boston Bruins, and yes, the Martini Man himself, Elaine Vigneault of the Philadelphia Flyers, are all. Remember correctly, I believe a couple of podcasts ago, Jeff, at least hockey-wise, we mm -hmm. did our own kind of predictions of what we thought finalists were going to be. Yeah. Um, I think two of the three we got for the Masterson, which was no surprise there, and I think we yeah. both. Said I think we three went three for guys. three for this yeah, one. For this one, we did. I um, think we will have to check back. Sent, I think we went which, through three. Yeah, we might have to look back to that to be sure, but I'm pretty sure we did because I know I said AV and Tortorella just for bouncing their team back because of <clears> what they were before. Tortorella mainly also because of all the pieces he lost and still being yeah. 
right around that playoff bubble. Yeah. Um, and Bruce Cassidy, for obvious reasons, for having the best overall te- or standings-wise team that last yeah. season or this this season. Mm. So. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, but again, because I have all, uh, I guess it's a little flyer bias in the league, kind of getting recognized mostly because I see mm. that with guys like either Giroux or like Gaturier, who always, mm-hmm. you know ends up falling short for the selkie or whatever. Yep. I always think, oh, this guy should be on there for a Flyers guy like Chuck Fletcher or uh, Elaine yeah. Vigneault. Like, yeah, that's great, but that's just my Flyers guy talking. My Flyers yeah. fandom kind of talking. This is that really going to happen? But when you really look back at this past season and what Elaine Vigneault did for this team and he did a lot quickly on and not really <clears throat> uh, deterring from it. And also, even though that road trip, like we just mentioned with Limblom and all that was rough for the team. It didn't, it went a little, uh, it took a little time for them to get going again, but AV kept, still kept the locker room and everything together. He um, did. To the point where the Flyers never, the season had any 10 game losing streak, which was the first time <laughs> forever. <laughs> Seems like it, yeah. But um, yeah, so that was all good news there. Um, I don't know when any of the other major awards are going to be announced. Hopefully I remember soon. We, I remember like early last week they said when the dates were, but I forget when they were. No worries. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye out for which that. Which I think the last two be announced, obviously, is the heart. Yes. The, uh, oh, the, that was one of them. I believe it was the Ted Lindsay Award yep. uh, nominations. It is Nathan McKinnon. Leon Dreisaitl and Artemi Panarin as voted uh, by their NHL peer, uh, NHLPA peers. Also, so, yeah. uh, for a little trivia out there, Elaine Vigneault will be this. This is from Bo Metzger, who tweeted this out um, mm-hmm. about 19 hours ago. Uh, Vigneault is the sixth Flyers head coach to be named a Jack Adams finalist. Wow. Following Fred Shero, yeah. Pat Quinn, Mike Keenan. And uh, Terry Murray. Some good company there. Uh, going back to oh, the Bruins first. Yeah, I was going to say so a couple, yeah. So, actually, speaking about the Bruins, going back to them for a split second, uh, we had some breaking news earlier this morning from uh, Amelia Benjamin, an Angel.com staff writer. Uh, she wrote an article uh, just about an hour ago that David Posternock of the Bruins was ruled unfit to participate with the Bruins. So he's missing practice one day after a camp debut. And also not only that, but Tuka Rask leaves workout early. So some definitely uh, some interesting and, but also a little nerve wracking news coming from Boston. We'll have to keep a very close eye on that to see what happens. Um, Um, Yeah. Because that is, that does suck, but the fortunate thing for that NHL versus, say, the MLB that starts fairly soon, that if someone's out for, like, a significant amount of time, their season's pretty much over. Yeah. For the Boston's sake, I think they can <clears throat> not go far without uh, Poshnok, but I think they can survive without him for a little bit. Tuka's the other yeah. exception to that, but, again, we've mentioned this many times, how we don't know how goalies are going to be coming back in after such a long period off, but you also right. have uh, Halak who has been 
very good for the Bruins. So again, I don't think it would be that terrible of a loss. But as we get further into the playoffs, let's say, and they're still out or dealing with these issues, that's yep. where the problem will be for the Bruins. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, obviously Boston, they're the top team uh, winning the um, President's Trophy. So despite that, though, they are going to have to play in that round robin to declare their seating. Mm-hmm. and we'll see where they end up. But without these guys for the time being, again, we don't know how long they'll be out. It could be really quickly. They could be out long-term. We don't know. Here's my thing, though. If they're out long enough once the round-robin games start, this could honestly hurt them with their seeding. It could, but I don't, this, I don't see them being further than two. But yeah, I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say uh, again. If anything, they'll just dip down to two. Yeah. Absolute extreme case. But I'd be surprised if they went like three or four. No, but for the reasons we've mentioned multiple times, is that you don't know what anyone's gonna be coming back after having this time yep. off, this amount of time off. So, as much as I think that's gonna be how it goes, if it's the other way would not be surprised. Like I wouldn't, it'd be shocking, but I wouldn't be that surprised if say the Flyers were the first. Right. And I don't think I'm really jumping too much of a leap here to say that. The Flyers have just as much of a chance as the Bruins, the Lightning, and the Capitals have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like also uh, just a more news here for the Lady Bing Award. Uh, there are some rumors are on the finalists. Ryan O'Reilly, Austin Matthews, and Nathan McKinnon. So McKinnon's up for two awards now. Mm-hmm. That's a good for him there. Um, some news coming from Minnesota. The Wild are burning a year to sign top prospect Kirill Kaprizov, and they hope to bring this him is over. Huge Minnesota. Oh yeah, this is this honestly. So I don't know exactly. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be able to play in the um, right play-in or whatever. But but to start next season, he can. Next season's going to be huge though. Huge because from what all I've read and heard is that he is one of the best KHL players playing right now and one of the best players currently not in the NHL right now. So so in reality, for next huge yeah, absolutely. And here's my thing, Mike, is for next year. He could be uh, a very good candidate with Quentin Byfield and Alexi uh, Lafreniere for the Rookie of the Year. Oh, that was another one. We have the Calder uh, Trophy finalists Mm -hmm. in Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, and Dominic Kubalik. And also, uh, this one's also frustrating because this is now the second Chicago Blackhawk who is determined a rookie despite being 24. Well, now, that'd, be the, for the that'd be the same for the dude coming over to Minnesota. He's also about like twenty-four, right? So again, it's it's technically in the rules. It doesn't matter what your age is, but I just think it's a little ridiculous. That's all. He's still a rookie. No, no, I know, but but again, I, I know a lot of people had this problem with um, Panarin when they called her over. I think it was uh, more so because I think Panarin played some games prior to that season. But I got considered a rookie. Gotcha. If I, I think if I'm if I'm correct on that, I think that might uh, be why. It was I more think so. you might be right, but but even if he had, the thing is, I think you have to play a certain amount of games 
to be determined right. to be a uh, to be a rookie. Yes, thank you. So because Phil uh, Myers so, was technically considered a rookie this past season, even though he played yeah. a couple games the season prior. Yeah. Um, other than that, which to me, I think who wins that one will. I think I even said that when you're doing the predictions will be uh, Hughes, Quinn Hughes. Yes, Quinn Hughes should win it. Uh, I love Kale McCarr. I think he's a heck of a defenseman. That's, that's, but I think it's Hughes has had a much better season. Yeah. Um. Alrighty, and other than that, uh, we can slowly but surely we just, start. We can do a little get, more updates on the league. So, as you we got anything. Um. So just more dates and times, kind of thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um. So. The last time we talked, many of the dates and times we've mentioned were um, tentative because the phase two and three had not been completely finalized yet, but now they are. And not only is um, the first like games or whatever kind of uh, figured out mm -hmm. uh, for once, once the tournament and everything actually starts, the play-ins and everything, but also, which was announced uh, yesterday, I believe, um, the one game uh, exhibition game, which Jeff forgot about, um, <laughs> uh, was also announced yesterday. And pretty much how those were all pretty much was decided was pretty much based on location, even though it doesn't really matter because they're all going to be in the same bubble. But it was pretty much the Flyers play Penguins and both New York's play against each other. So it was pretty much that kind of thing. I believe even like Edmonton is playing Calgary kind of thing. Oh. Uh, yep, Toronto, Montreal, Florida, Tampa Bay, St. Louis, Chicago, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Carolina, Washington, Dallas, Nashville, Boston, Columbus, Vegas, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And not just that, but also the Flyers will have the first game out of that. Yes, um, 4 o'clock. On the 28th. Yes. July is 28th Tuesday. is officially one hockey games will be back and similarly to when actual play-ins actually start on august 1st um there'll yes. be three games a day which is going to be awesome. except for the 29th that's uh six There's six games going <laughs> yeah. on there so if you want your hockey fix uh wednesday is going to be your day the 29th because you got uh bolts that bolts playing the panthers uh avalanche wild Hurricanes, Capitals, Blues, Blackhawks, uh, both New York's Rangers and Islanders, and wrapping it off, wrapping it up at ten thirty Eastern time, is Vancouver and Winnipeg. Very yeah. packed, busy kind of day, but should be interesting if you are a hockey fan and are missing your hockey. Uh, followed that with, is me. Yeah, on the thirtieth uh, of July, there's Nashville, Dallas. Boston, Columbus, and Arizona, and Vegas wrapping up these exhibition games. Um, those games on Thursday, Friday are at 4, 8, and 10.30. For the 29th, it's 12.30 Eastern time. These are all Eastern times that I'm saying. Yep. Uh, uh, and then as for the um, actual playing games, so mm -hmm. on August 1st, we have a lot. So yeah. the Pittsburgh-Montreal series begins – uh, that's an 8 p.m. game. Carolina, New York game. That begins uh, 12 o'clock noon. Rangers, Hurricanes, August 1st. Panthers, Islanders, 4 p.m. Uh, you have Blackhawks, Oilers, 3 p.m. 
just flames 10 30 p.m and then the rest which is uh blue jackets Oilers? i did okay yeah blackhawks oilers 3 p.m in case i didn't um august 2nd blue jackets maple leaves 8 p.m flowers bruins 3 p.m coyotes predators 2 p.m uh wild canucks 10 30 p.m and Blues Avalanche, 6.30 p.m. So those are the uh, – a mix couple, of like the yeah. – yeah, those are the mix a, of like the – But what you're kind of getting at here is you get the um, – a sense of what these times will be. Um, I think yes. weekends will be different uh, depending on, as we saw, even though it's a Wednesday, mm-hmm. for the exhibition game. I think it's going to be a little different just depending on everything. Right. Um they will all be on MC Networks if you're in the U.S. area um, and want to see it. And for the uh, people of Philadelphia, that exhibition game will be broadcasted on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Plus, I believe. Plus. Yeah, one of them. Either way, yes. there will be a broadcast of that game, local. Um, yep. But as you can tell, some of these, the Eastern ones will pretty much be 12, 4, and 8, which is the Western Conference 3 and 10, 30. I think it'll kind of be a back and forth in the amount of games each of them are kind of uh, playing. Um, and we'll get to it a little later, but Jeff and I will later on do our uh, predictions uh, for who we think will kind of be uh, yes. go far and everything for the playoffs. And I think similar to what, how we did it last year, we'll do kind of a bracketology kind of thing with it. Yep. We'll go over it. Um you know, game after game and everything, and, uh, you know, top player from each team. And also, uh, but yes, I think you're we got the playoff beards. Yes. You know, so, Ari, so I see that you pretty much already shaved. Not fully. I'm sh- I was going to shave fully right before the playoffs. Yeah, no, I, I need to trim mine down a little bit. But it's getting a little yes, sweet. if you're yeah. curious if I were talking about this, Jeff and I are going to have our pretty much our first hockey segment I think we ever really have, other than, um, you know, Playoff predictions. Prediction, yeah, playoff prediction, or, uh, predictions. Predictions, yeah. Well, predictions and Flyers talk. Um, <laughs> but we will be doing a playoff beard. Um, so we'll see how that goes um, and how far we can actually go before we actually shave. Yes. Oh, my good thing is for a little bit, we're going to be stuck at home. Still a little bit stuck yeah. at home. Yeah, I, I was going to so say. not really going to be. Thing- out in public as much. Yeah. So. The only thing that's a little uh, nerve wracking, as my dad pointed out, he goes, "Just hope you don't have any job interviews uh, by the time that you know, like, there's the, the playoffs and everything. Otherwise, you're gonna look like a caveman." So I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. Playoffs job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, things. if anyone asks, it's for the playoffs. It's yes. for the Flyers. It's mm-hmm. worth it. Yep. Uh, but that's kind of it. Uh, around the league kind of thing, uh, league-wise. Um, I think yeah. we're going to kind of eh, – actually, eh, actually, after we talk about the Flyers, we can come back to uh, our predictions on that. Right. Um, but I think we can kind of transition over to the Flyers. Yes. Uh, I'm going to start off if you are, news. If you listen to us mainly for our ho- or hockey kind of insight kind of thing and not interested in the Flyers, this is where you would probably turn off the podcast as – the rest of this podcast will most likely be Flyers based, unless you want to stay tuned to the uh, um, our predictions for the playoffs. Yes. So, 
a little bit new, of news uh, regarding uh, the Flyers. Uh, actually, Shane Gossespierre, he uh, talked to the media. Uh, I think it was like through a Zoom chat, and uh, he apparently had another knee surgery on his other yeah. knee about uh, seven weeks ago, a small scope done on his cartilage. So keep in mind, this was his other knee. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know um, what the Flyers should do with Gossespierre because I love the guy. I really do. But I, I don't know if, if his window is closing with Philly or not. It could be if you're going off of what we talked about last time and the uh, for Seattle expansion, he is the one that will probably get left off. Um, I think there is still a value for mm. Ghost. I think both AV and uh, uh, Chuck Fletcher both see it. So I think if there were to move him to another team, they'd want the right price. It's not going to be a right. Simmons type situation where it's not to me wasn't the best trade you could have gotten for what his value kind of was. I think it's right. going to be a little more um, uh, better of what you can get in return for Ghost. I don't want that to happen because I think if you do, you will then lose Ghost and then have my fear of Ghost turning Him getting back to normal. Exactly. Yeah. Which is very likely, in yeah. my opinion. Uh, again, so the good thing about I've, Ghost yeah. is, well, the one thing you hope is, even though he had both knees done this Right before the, uh, actually at the beginning of the year, from like January, February, I think he got turned into four, the one knee. Now it's this one, the other one. Uh, so we'll see if he still has good skating abilities. Right. But with him, it's mostly his great skill and that kind of thing that he has to uh, get better on. It, mm-hmm. And obviously his defensive game as well, which I do think it has improved overall. Yeah. Since when he first came into the league, but we just—I think everyone wants to see him back to what he was when he first came in, that very dynamic kind of um, explosive, explosive defenseman. defenseman that can easily help set up plays and everything. And to hopefully, not that I don't hate Perov being on the first power play unit, but eventually regain his role on the first unit. Because yes. realistically, at this point, not that I want to limit Perov's minute minutes but you should have that in the back of your head just because he is so young and you don't want to have him burned out right so as um, as many tools as you can have in the arsenal is great yes goes is a huge part of that and especially power play wise because you also have sanheim and myers who can also fill in those roles. yes they can really fire the puck there so mm-hmm. um, all those guys ghost's thing has to be back to getting his accuracy right and not just shooting yeah. people's legs which is Virtually been what's been costing him of late. Right. Uh, but I'll let you talk because I think I've cut you off a couple times. No, 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 no. You're no, you're fine. I, I, I feel bad because I literally do that to you almost every time. Oh, yeah. Other whenever I've listened back to a podcast or anything, whenever I've whenever we've been editing or anything, it's like, oh, I've cut these guys off all the time. <laughs> I do the same thing, it's all good. Uh, but no, so it it really is important for Shane Gossespair to get back to you know to normal really and um you know, um, the good news is, is of course, he, of course, is on that phase three training camp roster, which we'll break down in just a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of us expected it. But then again, we didn't even think that he needed another small surgery. So 
So it's it's a little nerve wracking that you know he's had surgeries now. The surgery was knees. seven weeks ago. If we haven't already mentioned it. Yes. So just probably a little bit over seven weeks ago now. So it's so uh, essentially about two months ago he got it done. Yeah. So again, he should be good. He should be back to normal. I'm really hoping that. Maybe that was his problem with his knees, and and, and maybe that was it too. Uh, you never know because he plays the way he plays his game is it's very wear and tear, especially on his legs because he's a very fast skater. You know, he does a lot of stopping. The one thing and turning I really and... want him back for is, even though you're not going to see it playoff wise, uh, yeah. more so for next season, is him to be back on three on threes. That's where he yeah. thrives. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you don't believe us, look at his rookie year. Yeah, he was. Look at all the look at all the game winners he had and everything with uh, Drew Vorchek and him together. Oh yeah, that that was a dominant trio Mm -hmm. right there. Um, And unfortunately, because of it, you've kind of had to reshuffle these lines for that three on three. Granted, as we get to playoffs and everything, that's out the window because it's still five on five, full overtime. So. Kind of forgot about that too. But it still wouldn't hurt to have him out there. Right. Um, Not that so, I think we're, ha- we're going to have another long five overtime game or however we had against the Penguins. It's five, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but with that, though, let's break down this uh, training camp roster a bit mm-hmm. by bit. Uh, so there isn't, I think, the only real surprise here, and we'll get to it in a little bit. Um, because we wanted to talk about Jeff's article that came out was Noel Patrick getting a lift off it. Um, yes. And we speculated this on our last podcast, whether he would actually be a part of this and if that could help him or if he would even really be here. And my mm-hmm. curious, my curious thing is here, um, even though he's, would he still come back here or should, or is it just going to be, he stays uh, where he is in Canada and still just trains on his own. It's a really good question. I would probably have him stay in Canada where it's safer. Um, Just so it doesn't get, you know. Exactly. Because, uh, again, so I can already imagine the media right. saying, oh, man, no, Nolan Patrick. The only other flip side of that is that you actually have a medical staff there that can give you That's some true. update on him. Because right now you're just kind of a – we don't know. And, again, we'll get to this uh, later. Jeff has a whole thing on Nolan Patrick. Uh, but – yeah, he's one notable that's left off. A couple other notables I'll mention is um, uh, David Kasha, right? David. Yep. Uh, Kasha has been left off the list. Um, a little surprising because it seems like everyone else who was played this season, this yeah, this season. Um, yeah, because uh, Connor uh, Connor Bonneman, uh, Carson Twerinski are both mm-hmm. on there. Two names that kind of surprised me. On there. Andrew was on there, uh, Tyler Wotherspoon and Nate Prosser, even though neither of them had played for Philadelphia, yeah. they're I, I on there. They're just trying to get as many D-man as they can get. Right, so. makes sense. I, Walensky I, makes the, sense because he actually guys. has, yeah, Walensky has play out, uh, NHL experience, so that's why he's... Same with Nate Prosser, I believe, who mm-hmm. played for Minnesota. Yeah. I, I, um, I want to say. Uh, Alex and, Lyon is on there. Uh, and you should all celebrate because there is one guy on here who has not made this team and should also be your indication that he's probably not going to come back next season, and that is uh, Chris Stewart. He was also left off this list. Yes, that's actually a good point. There. And I thought there was potential that he might be on there just to get some 
I don't want to say grittiness, but some toughness. type of yeah, toughness, we'll say. Yeah. Uh, cause you know, how rough or kind of playoffs can get, maybe have him in there just to mm-hmm. rattle a little bit. And we've seen it even flyers wise, guys like Cursillo and all of them coming in at spots like that. If he was going to be one of those type of players, the good thing is flyers roster right now with the guys they had really had no reason to bring him in. Cause at that point, the roster would be worse than it is. Yeah. Uh, with um, here than without them. Two young guys I definitely want to mention um, yes. is a great indication. Morgan Frost mm-hmm. and German Rubisov, two. For the forwards, yes. Yeah, for forwards. Uh, two guys who have been in the minors. Uh, Frost saw some NHL, actually not a whole lot, but more than Rubisov. But it's definitely a good sign that they have enough faith in Rubisov that, mm-hmm. you know. And Frost. And, and definitely Frost, um, you know, that they're or on maybe- there. Not that I really see them playing at all. My service really came down to injury-wise. Mm-hmm. They had to throw him in there. But uh, just to get some playoff kind of experience, too. That could yeah. be a good person Why some of these guys. Um, I could see Frost biggest, getting – This is the biggest yeah. one to me is actually a defenseman who came back who is uh, really young and kind of high on my radar for the Flyers prospect-wise is uh, Igor Samula. He has yes. made this list as well. As well yeah, it, as the fourth goalie, who I've been curious if, if they'd bring three or four, is uh, Kirill Ustameko. Yes, Ustameko. He, um, he played a lot. I think he played better than. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's his face did? Felix Sandstrom. Sandstrom did. So. Yeah. Uh, Ustamenko did rather very well in the uh, minors in the ECHO with the uh, Reddick Royals. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he looked very He's good done, there extremely well everywhere he's played mm-hmm. he still has yet to develop do i see him playing hell no because no. even if hart or elliot go down lion will give alex lion yes yes this is just um, for emergency cases emergency case and also for breaking up the groups so you at least have two goalies for each yes group. for each group which makes sense yes which is very good um going also back to the gives defense, them it yeah. gives those guys also more time to not be rusty before this next right. season starts. Because exactly. we already know there's going to be no AHL this season, so there's going to be no Calder Cup. Not yeah. Calder Cup. Uh, yeah, yeah no, Cup. Cal- I was about Calder to say Cup. Memorial Cup, but that's the juniors. Yeah. Um, also, no one Calder, other... so there's no yeah. – And not that I think the fans were going to make the playoffs at all, but it was I a don't longer... think so. They are having a pretty rough season from what yeah. I remember, so really it's a blessing in disguise. Um, Mark Freeman, though, is another yes, guy another who one. I'm we've excited seen him to see. a couple see. times. Surprisingly, he's actually played six games this season. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, but I he would obviously, think... I think the guys you could easily see as, to me, I think as um, guys you see as first throw-ins for when someone gets hurt and someone has to be thrown in. Obviously, Freeman would be one of them. I put yep. Walensky up there for defenseman if it comes down to that. Um, mm-hmm. For forward wise, Frost the, probably. I want to put him that high, but um, well, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. But it also depends this, on depends on who's scratched and everything. So, I think Thompson. So again, I think Thompson will be the scratch, so Thompson would then. Well, right, I, I would actually it probably would say probably be Andrea for Bunneman just because they have a little had a little more experience. With yeah, I, I would honestly put Andrea uh, ahead of Bunneman just because he has more playoff experience. Yeah, he was up here a little longer than Bunneman was. I'll agree to that. So, uh, not necessarily think, NHL experience with the Flyers, yeah. but just NHL experience in general, but also 
I would love it if, if group stuff were to get in if someone that would does be nice. hurt, just because I know he's pretty good defensively yeah. and everything. And he's learned a lot, but also yeah. one of the main other uh, factors for Who would you, a lot of these young guys is they're learning from these veterans like Jake Forchuk, like mm-hmm. Michael Roffel, like Kevin Hayes and Sean Couturier yeah. and James mm-hmm. and Ramsey. So these wingers and, and uh, centers, you know, forward-wise, uh, they're going to learn a lot, have a great experience and learn a lot of different areas of their game to work on. Same thing with defense. Uh, with Zamula and Freeman, they're going to learn from, you know, Provorov and, and Niskanen and uh, Justin Braun, I'm sure, will help a lot. So keep an eye just, on the young wise. Braun and Niskanen will help them just calm nerves and everything before yes. the playoffs. Uh, I think Thompson has a decent amount of playoffs experience. He does. Um, um, mostly with Montreal, I believe. I think Grant's been in the playoffs a couple times, but really the forwards are going to be looking at, even though Kevin Hayes was in the playoffs a little bit with the Jets, I don't think. Rangers and the uh, yeah. Jets last Rangers year. Rangers and the Jets, but they're all going to be looking at kind of your leaders, your Giroux, Couturier, mm-hmm. Voracek, and JVR as well, because he was in the playoffs for the Maple Leafs for a while too, as guys yeah. to kind of lean on for when things get rough, wow. when you need to calm those nerves. But I will also say, just to go back to Morgan Frost for a second, mm-hmm. I think if he uh, plays – does stellar, let's say, in these uh, training camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. And exhibition could, games. Yeah, and if he plays in an exhibition game or whatever. Um, I could see him I could uh, I could see him then getting a spot in there. Yeah. Uh, what is your, because I don't know if I've got your thing of who do you think would be the first kind of. Right. Um, it probably would be, so I'll start with Forza. So the most likely forwards to be scratched that would get in first right away is definitely Nate Thompson and uh, Andy Andreoff. Um, you could possibly see Carson Toronsky, although a rookie, he was rather quite effective in almost every game he played. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor Bunman, even though I'm not the biggest fan of him, uh, he was rather effective. So him and Frost are kind of neck and neck. And uh, so really the top two or three would be und- for me, uh, Andreoff, uh, Thompson and honestly, probably Carson Terwinski. Yeah. So there's okay. that. Uh, Defense-wise, I would, wise, I would, would go really like Ripstoff up there. I don't know how well his chances. Right. Again, I would, and but again, even if these guys don't get much playing time, if not none at all, the only positive thing is that they're there for experience. They're exactly. seeing what the atmosphere is like. They're seeing. You know what it's like to, to really mm-hmm. you know when when your uh, emotions are running high and everything and you as really you need to realize Davey isn't afraid to shake up the roster. So if you exactly. show up and everything playing really well and uh, yeah training camp and everything, sure you can yeah. easily find yourself here. Or even like a, uh, again, or even perfect like, example. Look at what uh, remember behind glass uh, in the preseason kind of was, thing. Are you talking about Joel Fairby? No, not oh. with that. Um, I was talking I was with uh, how... <laughs> well, I mean, we can do that in a second, but uh, Elaine Vigneault, he made a comment after it was the New York Rangers game, I believe, where he spoke to the media and said Carson Kerensky was easily the best player on the ice tonight. And he complimented him. Uh, you know, so again, and uh, he gave him plenty of chances there in preseason, which is great to see. But for even Fairby too, 
uh, after they sent down, there's the video that Mike, I think you're referring to, uh, where the if footage of uh, him that if he sticks to his game, that he should be caught yeah, up fairly soon, real soon. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think he did. Yeah. I think he can have that same sense for a guy like Margaret Frost or even Rupstoff. If Rupstoff yeah. does well enough, say, uh, doing the right things defensively, uh, showing some offensive prowess, sure. But again, that's also saying that Flyers will have not that it's out of the room possibilities. Flyers have injuries because injuries happen all the time in the sport. But that's also saying that there's a couple players that would then be hurt at that point. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the roster there, though. Um, again, it's also it's not a terrible roster either. No, yeah, I past, think it's a rather very versus good roster. past Flyers rosters, and not just that past Flyers playoff rosters. That's mm-hmm. good. Granted, you are missing two of your better players in Oscar Lindblom and Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick, great. Even without them, this team still, I think, has a yeah. yeah. I'm not going to go all the way to say to win the cup, but I can see them no. making a decent run. Uh, again, I'll put it this way. Um, because realistically, whoever they play out, out of these playing games, you could easily say, sure, they should be able to take them on. There's teams you can argue like Carolina or Florida or Pittsburgh. They can give them some uh, a little trouble. headaches here and there. Mm-hmm. That trouble, that's the word I was looking for. But at the end of the day, you're still – I think you're close with Pittsburgh. But you are – and probably Carolina too, but you are can easily stick up, stick with these teams, if not possibly better. Yeah, no, if absolutely. you're all playing at the and, top of your games as well, right? And the one thing I did want to mention here, Mike, is that uh, you know for the Flyers, though, as much as I we would all love them to get to like the conference finals, for example, and when that cup, my goal too. and right and win the cup, absolutely. My goal is, if I'm the Philadelphia Flyers, focus one round at a time. Your goal mm-hmm. is just to get – you're in the playoffs officially. Your goal is to get to round two, not to conference finals, not to Stanley Cup finals, not to win it. Your goal right mm-hmm. now, the short-term goal, is to focus on winning round one. Because think about it. It's been since, – since 2012, the Flyers have not um, made it past the first round. Since 2012. Yeah. They need to get that done. So – all consider a successful, time. yeah. All consider a successful year. The moment that the Flyers make it to the second round, after that, if they lose in the second round, I won't care because, you know, obviously I'll be disappointed, but I'll care less because they at least got past the that's, first round uh, since 2012. Oh that's that's what I care about the most right now. Yeah. So that that that's what I personally think. Um, uh, obviously, again, I think this team has a lot of potential to go much further than just the mm-hmm. second round. But I will say this again, their goal should be for right now, short term goal. The one thing they, that they really helps chance. them is the fact that say both Boston and Tampa Bay take care of business and they pl- have to play each other in their conference. Yeah. They don't have to, they only have get to get rid of about, a powerhouse team. Yeah. One of them, you still have to worry about the other, but you still, there's one less team you have to worry about. It's powerhouse. Exactly. Realistically speaking, you then say if it's Washington, I'm just calling if it's like these teams and they're the four teams that they have to play. Right. Or three other teams you have to play against. Say it's, it comes down to that uh, when you get to the yeah. conference. The Flyers could easily take the cap on the Capitals. Oh, my God. They nearly swept them. They honestly should have swept them. They just lost in that shootout earlier in the year against them. 
but I don't even care about that. The fact that they manhandled them completely mm-hmm. this entire year around shows how much better the, the Flyers have gotten. Exactly. And if you should not be I, the likelihood of that actually happening, where all four of these teams that are playing in that actually be the teams in the conference finals. If you're, if you paid attention to the playoffs the past couple of years, likelihood of that especially happening, last year, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Especially this amount of time off. Uh, if it's like yeah. the sort of every, the sort of this past se- this season in general, if you're not on their game like the uh, Lightning were or the Maple Leafs were, they could see themselves have an early, another early exit. for Yeah. Yeah, right. Toronto, because they lost in the first round last year as well. They did. That they did. But the good thing about those ones would be that Toronto could feel better about going further, because they could hopefully or potentially get past whoever they're playing. Yeah, and hopefully for their sake, they're not playing Boston in round one if they get there. Either way for that, either way for them, I don't think it's a great matchup. No matchup. Realistically, their best. If I had to say their best matchup, I'd say on paper that they could do fairly decent against would be Washington. Out of those four teams, I'm saying. Yeah, and even that obviously is in a walking park. But I know you're saying like, but yeah. When you it's, see those, it's just their yeah. best chance, right? Yeah. Not that I don't think they wouldn't have a chance against Philadelphia either. It would be a really fun series because it would be really fast and everything. But I think yeah. the lack of defense there could be a thing that hurts would hurt Toronto at the end. The thing that could help mm-hmm. them against Washington is I don't think Washington has that great of a defense to begin with. So I no, think at that, at that sense, and both Holpe and Anderson have moments of being good, but they also have moments of being bad and hopey this season. Very shaky, honestly. Yes. Like, very shaky. Yeah. Unhopey-like so. this season. Exactly. Like, actually human. Yeah. Like, hope when hopey first was coming up. That that hopey. That hopey showed himself again. <laughs> that, that guy. Yeah. When they had when they were, had a little uh, goalie carousel going. <laughs> yeah, so much fun. Mm-hmm. But I think, Jeffrey, it is time to discuss your article. Yes, Second it with is. the Flyers, but changing it up a little bit. As I mentioned, we mentioned Oscar Lindblom in the article in this podcast uh, to start about and how they're missing one of their better players. Another one, obviously, in this whole season, you could argue could be different if both these players were playing the whole season, especially yeah. Lindblom, because he was easily going to hit career highs. You could argue. And literally um, every category. It was unreal. He was and dominating. The other person of that is Nolan Patrick. And Jeff, you had an article come out uh, either yesterday or the day before. I forget when it actually came out. I saw it pop up on my feed yesterday, but I think yes. it came out Wednesday or Tuesday. Sorry. I don't know. Something I don't like know that. my dates anymore. Okay. Dude, you're telling so me they're, they're all blending together. It's fine. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, do you want to discuss a little bit about that? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, this one, uh, it came out two days ago, and uh, base, basically, and I'll start by saying this, anytime, and I kind of mentioned this in the opening few uh, sentences, anytime that you are a first-round pick, there's going to be some expectation. If you're a top Major. 10 pick, there's going to be pretty high expectations. If you're the second overall pick in a draft, when you have potential to be the first overall pick even, 
there's going to be a lot of expectations. That's definitely the case for Nolan Patrick here. Um, but, of, of, uh, of course, as we all know, he's dealt with a lot of injuries. Now he is dealing with the migraine disorder. And one of the things I touch on is the, the fact that, um, you know, he, you know, was drafted second overall and made the team right out of camp. He's only played 145 out of two, possible 233 games. Did injuries, obviously, now do his migraine disorder. Overall, Patrick has only played 62% of possible games with Philadelphia. Now, respectively, he scored 61 points in those two seasons. Um, he scored, I want to say it was, uh, it was 13 goals. And 13 goals both seasons. He had one both seasons and 17 goals. He had one goals. more assist, I mean, 18, yes. 19 than the season before with 18. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. Um, you know, and, and he has six career playoff games, which is nice. But so even though the points aren't always there, Patrick has always shown the flashiness and uh, really... of, of great skills with his puck handling and his playmaking abilities. So I think that he'll definitely be a threat for the, you know, uh, to other teams further down the road, but when will he return? That's the question. Cause again, after the um, phase three roster was released, obviously Patrick was not on there. Chuck Fletcher had this to say, quote, our focus is on getting him ready for the 2020, 2021 season. We want to be prudent and prioritize his health and safety in the long run. We have a short run way here before we, before we jump right into playoff hockey end quote. So also, before you get, yeah, no, of course, point, keep this in mind. He is an RFA at the end of the season. Yes. And that quote pretty much means he will be here next year. And they could yeah. say the same thing about Oscar Lindblom. Absolutely. 100%. Now the quite one big question, whatever that contract is, is up in the air. It's probably not going to be right. It's not going to be a lot, but I mean, you can only expect so much for here's the, the other issue. Has, but, so as you mentioned, like he is an RFA. Mm-hmm. Would you be surprised if a team, despite his injury history, submitted some kind of offer sheet for him? I don't see it. I don't see a lot of offer sheets this right. season. Uh, again, you, you probably don't. I'm just throwing Even it out there because. Just real quick, this too. Yeah. I, this is going to be a rear offseason, just money wise, because even Taylor Hall said he would take just a year to play with a contender and not take that much money but play yeah. one year with a contender it's true so i think a lot you can see a lot of people taking a one-year deal kind of thing this offseason okay like even i could maybe see petrangelo doing that i don't know yeah um, but that's just something real quick to say at the time no, and, it's definitely and it kind of goes point. hand in hand here because i think you can make the argument maybe patrick gets another year or maybe both patrick and lumbump do two-year deals right i could see them doing Patrick, I could see doing only a one to two year deal. Lindblom, I could see doing a two to three year kind of deal. Right. Um, it, it all depends. On and also, insane. I will say, even though the those numbers aren't stellar, mm-hmm. let's say, um, for especially, I know when the Flyers drafted him, we already knew he had an injury history. Yes. But his the injuries he had were always kind of head-related concussions kind of thing, and you know how that kind of affects people. But I'm not going to snuff 13 goals. No, and 30 points. In 73 games and 72 games. Right. 
but again, it's not like he missed like eighty five percent of the season. He still played seventy two, seventy three games both years, which is phenomenal. And you know, thirty. 31 points in 72, 73 games. At the end of 18, I believe in your article, you've mentioned this too. At the end of 18, 19, he got hurt. He did. Um, So, at one point, one of those shots taken to the back of his head. Yes. Um, Even then, he was saying he didn't really, he felt fine afterwards. Um, If we remember correctly, uh, I know the Flyers have him now, but there was the devil who hit him into the boards. We were pretty upset about that. I'm sure we can find that podcast where we go on ranting about that one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but no, so but as, way, you have, it's not like it's little things yeah. here and there. It's kind of serious kind of injuries. But the one thing that could help them is maybe taking the year off as this year was for him. Right. And just getting healthy again. Just get. I know it's a migraine disorder, and even though it's said it's not really hockey related, it runs in his family, so that at least is good, right? Somewhat. The migraine disorder is not well. So, and I'm glad you mentioned that because one thing I mentioned in this article is, um, you know, back in September after the migraine disorder happened, was are these migraines connected in any way possible Mm -hmm. to a few of the plays that previously happened with Patrick's concussion history? Uh, Fletcher said the doctors don't believe so. I can't fully speak for the doctors, but clearly at the end of this last season, he took a slot shot in the neck area, back of the head area in Long Island. He felt good after that, and sometime in the summer, he let us know that he was having headaches from time to time. It wasn't constant, which is good. Um, uh, Nolan does have a history of migraines going back to when he was younger. He had some in minor hockey, junior hockey. There's a uh, family history as well. I think at this point, he feels relieved to know what it is. It's periodic migraines and cause her headaches throughout the summer. And I think he was concerned and we were concerned. Uh, but again, the good news is, you know, it, it's not only that, but, you know, Jake Voracek was, spoke to the media back in February about what it could be like Patrick's going through. He, go, he said, uh, quote, I don't think many of us can imagine what he has to go through. Third year contract year, expecting big things out of him. All of a sudden, you're out for three quarters of a season. It's really hard mentally. When he's going to come back, I'm sure it's going to make him stronger because it's really hard to go through. I can't wait to see him back on the ice during the game. So again, like it, it's nice to see his you know teammates still have uh, all the you know respected and, and uh, you know they're they're back. I mean, as him. you should. You yeah, know, you can do about that. You know, of course, as you should. Um, so there's that. But you know, one thing that Jake Borshek mentioned in that quote was. Again, it's very tough on him mentally. And again, the mental aspect of going through these migraines, I can tell you a first-hand experience, it's not easy. It's, there's a lot of times when for migraines and everything, they, they really kick you on your butt. And again, I mentioned in the article, um, you know, for those who have never experienced a migraine, they're not to be taken lightly. You literally could have no energy. You could just want to sleep in bed all day. Um not only that, but, you know, you could be very fatigued. Honestly, if the um, migraine is bad enough, you could, you know, get sick and physically sick from it, vomit from it. You could, you know, have uh, a pounding head in your, uh, pounding pain going through your head and everything. So there's a lot of symptoms that I would not be surprised if Nolan Patrick felt almost every one of these symptoms uh, going on. But now imagine that on top of playing in the 82-game schedule yeah. and trying to compete 
and trying to prove those data are wrong. And having that, those, having that happen frequently too. Exactly, and uh, weekly and daily. Because what it seems to yeah. me as an outsider for Noel Patrick's thing is even in your article and those quotes it says he was having headaches but not every day. And I felt, I feel like as the days or months and everything went by, those started becoming more. Uh, What's the word? Yeah. They were just more there. They're just more constant. Mm. Versus what they were before. And that's probably why you right. saw him. At times, he'd be skating here and there. And that just, at the start of the season, it was just week to week because it pretty much just went. Kind of, how did he feel this week versus last week? Right. And, um, but the other thing, I, the most important thing that I want to stress on this uh, part of the article is I mentioned, again, you know, Mike and I were Philadelphia fans. We grew up living and, you know, breathing every – Whoa, 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 whoa. What? You're a Philadelphia fan? Oh, no, what? no. I had no idea. The, the, the other Jeff. I the had Jeff. no idea. I'd have no idea you were a Philadelphia Flyers fan. Yeah. I mean, Are you a Drew and Briere fan too? You're going to spring that on me? And John LeClaire. Oh, of course. <laughs> But uh, but no. So one of the things that I, I definitely Cup. Have to... I don't remember the Flyers winning that Stanley Cup, but apparently you have it. Hey, hey, there it is. <laughs> but uh, but no, I will say this though for Nolan Patrick is for those people who are bashing him and calling him soft, calling him weak, calling him a bust. You guys need to relax. Again, I know how Philadelphia fans can get. I know that you know. I'll even admit it. There's times where I've gotten on players cases and everything for not playing their best you know but again that's Philadelphia that's how Here's, we are as fans but I will say this though when it's a 21 year old kid who's going through a migraine disorder like this and if you don't understand what the hell he's gone he's gone through people need to lay lay off and yeah. give him a break he will be back again I know you, you have high expectations because he's second overall pick 2017 obviously that doesn't help but Give him some time. He will be back. Relax. I know both of us are not that hard. I know it's both of us are 72 games, but say compared to Pavel Zaka, who I don't think has really been that hurt much, but he hasn't just been producing. So that's why those guys are more so considered bust to me than say Patrick, because yeah, he's not produced that much, but he's had, he's been hurt every year. It's usually concussion kind of base kind of thing. For something like that, yeah. Yeah. And I so. think uh, Charlie, and I think even you kind of had the same kind of thing on this, is why not treat Noel Patrick like you were treating Oscar Lundblom with his cancer kind of thing? Uh, again, obviously two very different subjects, two but different, still, you're different right, though. subjects, but there isn't much Noel Patrick can do about that. And, no, it, it's literally, it's out of his control. And there's really no reason to be on Nolan Patrick just because right. he's been having these issues. Right. Again, he's still an elite player. He's still going to be an elite player for the Flyers. We've, seen what, we've seen what both these guys have if you want to throw Oscar Lumbo back into Yeah, absolutely. Again, like both these players at their healthiest potential and everything are good, good players. If you're, the one play that sticks out to my mind, uh, in my mind, for, that speaks about how good Nolan Patrick is and what kind of player he can be, look at the play when 
Uh, he came off the bench against Montreal, I think it was two years ago. He got the puck. He dangled around a defenseman and just sniped one past Carey Price. And uh, what I highly suggest the kind of, um, you know. Not just that. I remember looking at the highlight. 18-19, she took over Wayne Simmons' spot on the power play. And yeah. he did it because of how great his kind of hockey IQ kind of was. Yes. And making really, really great pa- uh, passes. I think that game was against the Islanders when he first when they first were testing that. And that's one thing I want to um, It's possible because... I, I, I think it was against... I know it was someone against uh, some team in the Metropolitan. I think it was the Islanders, but I could be wrong. Um, was it the first game back after the Flyers traded Simmons? Simmons or no? No, it was when they still had Simmons. Oh, oh, when they still, I got, you, I got you. Yeah, when they still had Simmons, he was right there. He, he was. Testing and I remember because gotcha. he was on there and he helped assist on a power play goal. Uh, and because again, of that, like the potential, of, the yeah. potential's there for Noam Patrick. Again, he just and not again, just the tough that. Part is just gotta if stay both these guys were in here, that second power play unit would look so much better than it kind of currently does. I know at moments it and this past season actually looked better than past second part the past flyers secondary uh powerful units but if you add yeah. say the first unit stays about the same for the second unit you throw both Patrick and Lemblom on there with say uh Farabee and JVR or and say Sandheim or uh Myers. That's a yeah. pretty good power play unit. It's a very good power play unit. Um, again, there's a lot of good potential everywhere for for these kinds of guys, and um, you know, it, it's this is again a very good team, mm-hmm. but uh, obviously they're not at their best potential without guys like Oscar Lindblom and Nolan Patrick. Right. Not that we don't see without them, but with them, they right. go much a lot better. Better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So. There you go. Mm-hmm. So quickly, Jeff, before we get off here, let's do our yes. quick projections. Do you just want to do projections of the first round or the whole thing? Um, are you talking when you say first round? Are you talking? Um, I'm assuming Once that the, the playing games, playing games, and the first round. Once all that. Gotcha. So, yeah. so, okay. so we say who who we think will be, uh, where we think these four teams in each. Uh, will end up, and then who they'd play based on who they play, and then yep. after that, uh, who we think could go farther. All righty, let's see here. So, so to me, I think I see it being Boston, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, and uh, Cap and Washington for the uh, East. That would be a really good series. That's just the top four of when they finish their um, right uh, round robin kind of thing, whatever. For the West, I'm going to go with Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas. What are you thinking for those? We'll do those first, then go to the. Uh, Hold on, I, I, I got finally the actual. Uh, go uh, to, I can send you a link. 
I was going to say, I might just go to NHL.com. But yeah, a link this will be faster. fine, too. <laughs> this is faster. It's done. Oh, perfect. There you go. All Here we go. Just scroll down. I can, I'll show you the yep. picture. All righty. So. <sighs> All righty. So, uh, oh, so you're saying the so it would be Boston versus Philly, Tampa versus Washington. No, I'm saying, hmm. and how the, I think they're going to be ranked. So I think. Oh, oh, oh. I think Boston would be the first seed. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia second seed. Chicago or Tampa Bay third Tampa, seed. And Washington. Washington fourth. Um, I'm gonna go as much as I love that. I. This is going to be tough. It's either going to be that exact thing or Boston, Tampa, Philly, Washington. I can okay. see it be either way. So, Tampa Bay and Philly are really going to flip-flop. Okay. Uh, for the West, I, it's going to be I said, big. Just yeah, so, what did you say? I said, uh, Vegas first, then St. Louis, Colorado, and then Dallas fourth seed. Okay. Uh, what are you thinking? I think that one's I'm a little thinking, I think both those teams are right around. Yeah, so I'm so going that to one's a little tougher. This one's uh, very tough, actually. I'm going to change this up a little bit. I'm going to go Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis, Dallas. Okay. So I'm changing it up a little bit. I see you, Jeffrey. Yeah. Okay. So right. let's start with the East. Yes. And those playing games. First number 12, off, Montreal against number five, Pittsburgh. I think yeah, I think Pittsburgh takes this in five games. Again, I would love for Montreal to win, but at the same time, I don't want them to win. I want Montreal to win because that way Pittsburgh will be out, but I don't want Pittsburgh winning because they have that 12.5% chance of winning the first yeah. overall pick. I got you. I got you. But in general – Having Jake Gensel back will be a huge plus for the Penguins. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, you could easily—I could see Carey Price seeing what's shutting the door, right? Yeah. So it, I think it's no matter who wins it, it's going to go to five. But something Mitch told me—I don't think I brought it up yet—earlier um, yeah. today was Montreal didn't really even want to be in the playoffs or be here in these twenty-four team playoffs. Um, they thought when they traded Ilya, uh, Ilya Kovalchuk that Kovalchuk. that was kind of their white flag and they were done for the season and everything. Um, and they even said in those like meetings or whatever of what they want to do that they really don't want to be here. And as they've gotten more positive cases or whatever in, on their team, it still yeah. seems like they don't really want to be here. But they are, they are going to suck it up and play. So, right. So, um, I, I really think that. It's, I mean, if you want to see it, there. I think it, it could NHL, go either way. It could go either way. I think the NHL's Facebook page had a nice video of a uh, great save uh, Carey Price had yeah. during the training camp. I think I'll put, I'll put it this way. So, if Montreal wins it, it's going to be because of Carey Price and Shea Weber. Pittsburgh wins it, obviously Crosby, Malkin, and most likely Gensel, yeah. not Murray or Jari. Um, I think it's going to come down to. Uh, Montreal's defense shutting down, or it's Montreal's defense versus Pittsburgh's offense. Mm -hmm. um, in that case, I also think there's going to be some revenge in Peng the Penguins' eyes because they got 
uh, they lost in the first round last year. If not, I believe they got swept. They did get swept. So, so I think there's going to be some vengeance there as well. Right. So again, it's going to go five. But also this too, they've gotten some, I could uh, see Montreal squeaking out a, a, an upset though. But the thing that could hurt the Penguins is I think they have a good amount of players that have been tested positive and they were yeah. for the virus. So, so that um, works And too. again, like no one knows who they are. Um, right. All right. So I'll, 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 I don't want to, but I'm going to say Montreal on five. So just because you don't like the Penguins. Well, no, because I think that one, this, this is going to be a very close series, but Montreal does have a legitimate chance to upset the Penguins. Um, could, but I don't, I, st- I still don't see it happening. You never know. I, again, I, I kind of hope it doesn't happen because I don't want Pittsburgh Lefrenier's, getting that number one pick. Lefrenier is going on Montreal. That would be nice if he, even though it doesn't Montreal. matter, even if Pittsburgh virtually is not guaranteed that they'd, be that that right they all have all those and a half percent chance all those teams would be in the lottery running again so i know but again i just don't like the odds of pittsburgh getting even a chance of getting lafreniere well detroit had the best chances and look where they ended up yeah well that is baloney yeah detroit got screwed man All all right anyway moving on um carolina in four Carol- I'm gonna go five again. There you go. This is uh this next one. It's gonna be a tricky one. Islanders Panthers. I'm gonna go I'm Panthers saying, actually. Yeah, I'm, I was gonna go Panthers too. I say it goes six games. It can't go six games. No five or five games. Sorry. <laughs> um, Sorry, I'm not I'll, used to five games. And uh, yeah, no, I know. So five uh, games. Four, four, another four game series for me. Uh, Toronto versus Columbus. Who do you got? How many games? I think it goes all the way to uh, five. Five again? Yeah. I can, I can definitely see a lot of five-game series. Uh, this is going to be one of the Toronto and five think, against Columbus. I do think Toronto will win. There you go. Um, already in the West, you have Edmonton, Chicago. Again, I'm going to have it go all the way because neither of these teams have great defense. I'm going to have – And I don't think either goalies are particularly that great. Right. So I'm – and. You got Connor McDavid and Leon Drysdale, who was Leon Drysdale, who was the best player this season. Yeah. So, I, um, I I'm gonna say the Oilers squeak it out in overtime. I'm literally going the full distance as far as you can go. I love it. So, I am going to pull a little surprising thing here. I'm gonna have my first sweep. It's gonna be Edmonton. Oh. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Again, I don't know how likely that is, but I'm going to have my first week. Uh, Nashville, Arizona, upset time, Arizona, and four. I say Nashville and four. There you go. Um, uh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm changing. I'm going to stick with. I'm going to go with you, what you said because I just remember he was head coaching of uh, Nashville now, John Hines. There you go. Um, Vancouver, Minnesota. This is going to be a good one. I'm going to say Vancouver in five, five. Yeah, I think that's another one. I think it goes all the way. Because again, I think- Minnesota, they have a lot of good things going for them. That's going to get better literally next year with Kaprizov, but. 
I there are still. Ex- I think the experience will help them more than the. Yeah, the, uh, Vancouver's experience is going to be a big thing for and them, and that's why I think they will take it. Yeah, um, I don't know how well Demko will do. Wait, in the who? Playoffs. Minnesota or Vancouver? Minnesota. I think Minnesota. Oh, I Vancouver in five. Nah, I got Minnesota. There you go. Then. And my um, thinking is, I think Dubnik could steal a game or two. Um, I think you also have Stahl and uh, Priese on the other side that it can. I think their experience does a little more than uh, Vancouver's. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that Quinn Hughes and them can't mm. take the series, but I could see it being right. The, well, the other thing is, I don't so think far we I've know got two if, upsets. Yeah, I don't think we have Kaprizov eligible to play in this or not. He's not. Yeah. Um, all right, Calgary and Winnipeg to wrap it up. This is going to be a great series. I'm going five. I'm saying – I'm going to say Winnipeg <sighs> at four. It's so – this is, again, another really close series. And if you're paying attention to my uh, predictions, I've said all upsets except for the Oilers series in the West. Yeah, you have. Uh, hmm. I might go Calgary in five. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Why not? Okay, it's gonna be tough. Yeah. But those are our predictions. Yep. And when we get on next time, we'll do it. The next round and everything. Yes, so. we will. We will do the official, un- unofficial, official critiques. <laughs> there you go. All right. But well, with, with that, that, I yep. think that's it for that's us. All today, we got right? today. Yep. Good stuff, and uh, we will see you what Tuesday, Tuesday. hopefully. Yep, yeah, of course. <laughs> hopefully, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, we'll see you again Tuesday, and again back here for another hockey podcast as we actually will get closer to actual the start of hockey. We'll officially for that podcast will be a week out from actually the start of the season. Oh, yeah. Restart of the playoffs and everything. So we'll get more exciting. We'll get more into how the Flyers on these lines will actually look. And of course Oscar Strong. And with that, that's right. what we'll end it today and we'll see you later.